Welcome back to Arts About. Show about art that's a work of art in itself, Mark. Hello, John and Sally. Sally. Hello, John and Mark. Welcome back. You're listening to Arts About, which is brought to you by the generosity of the McClellan Sculpture Park and Gallery. And you're here, back here with us in the Artable Peace Studios with artist-in-residence and cultural sounding board, John Baird. The thermodynamic Mark Stewart and me, as always, tirelessly, Sally Bailey. What are you going to be on about this week, John? Last week, Mark and Mark, Mark Scheller and Mark Stewart, were uh, gas bagging and they mentioned that um, the problem of transport had been solved. The problem of transport? Yeah, that's what they said to each other, mm-hmm. referring to art and how you move it around. Oh, Okay, yeah. I'm going to talk about that. Transporting out. Whether or not it's been solved. Well, Don, I guess it's very uh-huh. personal. My, my brother has a shipping agent, so that makes it so much easier. Oh, sure it does, it does. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you're moving artwork around and you've got a shipping company. No, shipping agent. Oh. Well, I didn't have a shipping agent when I moved to last sculpture, but I had uh, Sally's husband, Will, giving me a hand, and it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I can see where we're going. It was that at Auntie and Connie's house, wasn't yeah. it? Yes, I can imagine. The blind leading the blind, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and what are you going to be on about this week, Mark? Uh, I'm going to speak about Mr. Nick Mitsevich, who's the new curator, head curator of uh, the NGA, National Gallery in Canberra. Yeah. He's making massive changes. I, who's I, come to us from, from uh, South, South Australia, Australia, where he did some excellent uh, did. exhibitions. And he was also originally from Newcastle. So he started off a few... Um, Interesting galleries and yeah. and fructified them. So I'm going to talk about him. And what did you call it? Fructified. fructified. What does that mean? Means Fruited make it, it up. better. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to speak about our great um, woman from Australia, Germaine Greer, ah, who is yes. uh, one of the most intelligent people I know. Yes, she most certainly is, I would say. Okay, well, that's good. We've got quite a lot of other things on this week. We're going to have uh, two of the members of the Peninsula Studio Trail coming in to talk to us. Jennifer Fletcher and John Strumer are going to fill us in on the two weekends that they've got coming up um, with their open studios, 19 different artists across the Monitor Peninsula who are going to open their studios for us uh, for uh, a couple of weekends. And also, we're going to be talking with the uh, manager of... uh, singer-songwriter Maxon. Uh, if you don't know who she is, she's a young local girl who, from Rye, I believe, who is a rather extraordinary singer-songwriter, and she's currently doing big things and ma- making quite a name for herself in the music industry in Australia. In, uh, in three short years, she has uh, released an EP, uh, an album, and is about to release a new single called History, and I'm going to play that a little later in the show. But before I do, I'm going to play... Uh, Another song uh, by Lou Reed, who is one of my favourites, as probably most everybody here knows. This is New Sensations, while we get uh, the Peninsula Studio Trail artists in place. The Peninsula Studio Trail is a not-for-profit group of artists that started up in 2009. Uh, uh, Well, in fact, maybe it's 2008, because I know they're celebrating their 10th year anniversary this year. And their raison d'etre is to reflect the quality and range of fine arts and craft practiced on the Mornington Peninsula and to make those artists work more accessible to the public through open studios and exhibitions. Their annual event is on again on the consecutive weekends of the 17th and the 18th and the 24th, 25th of November. And two of their artists, ceramicist John Stroud, Strumer and painter, printmaker Jennifer Fletcher are both with us here in the studio this morning. Good morning. Welcome to Arts About. Good morning. John, Jennifer, tell us a little bit about, I I think, I guess the first thing is, 
Jennifer, can mm. you explain a little bit about the Peninsula Studio Trail and how it's what it's doing here on the peninsula? Well, I think at the beginning it was started by probably half a dozen artists who had quite established studios, um, but in different areas of the peninsula mm-hmm. who managed to meet up and thought, well, if we banded together, we could offer and we could support each other and offer our studios as, to the public as being open and available. Mm. And it sort of evolved from that and now has a lot more artists involved. And not everyone can open their studios every weekend. So we we have these official open studio weekends. Um, and really that's everyone's... We're quite a band of disparate artists of various... Um, media you know yep. and and how we all operate but it really works it it's really great to be part of a group that supports each other and of has course. a passion for the arts well, and a passion for the peninsula yeah. yeah and there's of course there's strength in numbers and mm. of course by combining your efforts in promotions you're yeah. getting a word out there and and so on it, it it's wonderful and as you say very very disparate works yeah. your printer uh, painter is that yes, correct yes that's right yes and John, you're, am I right in saying you're a ceramicist or would you say potter? potter? I'm old school. Uh, and is that, so is, is it old school? Is it just a no, word or is I, it I was brought up as a things? traditional potter and, uh, yeah, yeah I'm not going to change. Be a ceramicist to be contemporary. Is, is that really all it is? Just a, a, a more modern word no, or does well, it mean different things? It's ceramics, but, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a wheel throwing potter generally. Yeah. I do do sculpture as well. Um, but being a wheel thrower in the old traditions, like yeah. the Japanese and, Things yes. like that. Well, yeah, I, I would have thought a potter. a potter makes pots and a ceramicist makes sculptural. Kind yeah, of it's work. a little bit more arty, yeah. I Is suppose. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a little bit more, to me, a little bit more elitist as well. So. I'm interested <laughs> in something, which is that uh, the broad concept of an artist trail and people going to visit artists in their studios is an interesting one, uh, but the practicalities. I'm curious about, you know, what's it, if you've got people coming into your studio, do you have to clean up, for instance? Uh, me personally, I'm, uh, I'm open by appointment. I work virtually every day. I'm sorry, right. I have to be out doing something like coming here. So you don't have uh, to kick the beer cans out of the way when you go in there? No, no, don't drink. Or right. very, very little. Uh, no, I like the next day too much and my pot, pots are right. very precise, so right. uh, I need to be on the game every day. Yes. Um, yes, it is, it is an effort. So, I would like to mention that it, it takes a certain form of generosity to open your studio to the public right. because everybody cleans up. They make an effort. Um, you know, we can have quite a large number of people coming through who are really fascinated with process and technique and often technology or, you know, whatever, whatever their own fascination might be and they might have very specific questions um, and they really want to know stuff. So it's really interesting, you know, that people love to see behind yeah. the scenes. Do you do you work when people are coming in? Are you just sort of getting on with what it is that you're doing, and you you're uh, you know open to them knocking on the door and coming in? Or well, you... I found that it was impossible to work. Right. That it was just too many people asking too many questions, and you know, in lots of cases, you you need more than one of you, you know, to be able to yeah uh, be present for you know different people. What about you, John? Do you uh, I find it very difficult to be yeah. making because uh, people want to look around, look at your kilns. Yeah. I also have Don't a, touch that. 
Uh, yeah, I thought you were talking about the mic. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I, I can imagine. Like, I didn't no, touch that. that. Uh, yeah, I also have a nice gallery. Uh, yeah. So people are, you know... Well, that's the other end of it, isn't it, where people are coming to your studio not only to see what you do, but yeah. maybe take something with them. Oh, that's correct, yeah. 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 So works are for sale. Yes. Yeah. Um, Is that what you meant, perhaps, John? Or did yes. you just, yeah. Perhaps yeah. not all work, but a yeah. lot of work can be for sale. No, I think um, John, what John was saying is people can't, aren't allowed it unless they bring their checkbook with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course no it's questions a great, without the checkbook. It's a great opportunity. And it's a really terrific thing in a way to be tapping yeah. into this industry or this tourist industry that we've got that's ready-made mm. for all sorts of things. And people have appetites for all sorts of things. As you, I think you mentioned mm. off-air, John, you know, people are coming down for wine weekends and they're coming down to eat and they're coming down to go to the beach. And there are art tourists as well. That's correct. Yeah. Just a, a, a practical question: Do, do you have uh, Ipsos um, p- people pay by card if they come in, or you do? You what I did do. you call it, Ipsos? Isn't it Ipsos? F F Post. Something like that. Um, anyway, that's probably a French that version. Would be, yes. That would be totally it's a must. to the artist. Right. Um, I, d- I have um, a little. I have a square. You know, one yes. of those little things that you plug into your phone. Yeah, yeah. No, they're and very they're good. Quite brilliant. Yes, they are. And, and John has his own. Okay, so idea. yeah, so people and don't have to. Bit, Completely up to the artist whether right. they have that. So, yeah. so how many? What, what does the weekend entail? So, there's there's four days broken up over two weekends, mm, and are all the artists participating all weekend? Not all of them, but I think we've got nineteen this yes. year. Yep. And uh, you know, some people are overseas, or some people you know have other things happening, and they can't, or they may only be open one day. Um, but it's all available on the website. Yes. And what's the website called? Um, PeninsulaStudioTrail.org. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I, I've had a look at that too. And, in fact, I will put a link on our Facebook page. It's Thank great. You. There's a map with, uh, with locations because, of course, 19 artists, if you're out there for a day, you're not going to get around. No. Di- apart from the fact that the geography is so vast yeah. of the Mornington Peninsula, um, you're not going to get around and see them all unless you make a bit of a plan. And uh, you might only be interested in particular artists and, and so on. Mm. And, the, and the website's very good at showing you where and what. It's quite, it's quite an interactive... Where everybody's located. Yeah, and that's A lot right. of people, I find, do one section of the peninsula at a time. Yep. So they might go and see three or four artists each day. Yep. And take in a nice lunch. Because we're right across the length and breadth of the peninsula, it means that people, you know, that on the trail, depending on, you know, which way they go to various mm-hmm. places, they'll see parts of the peninsula they've never seen before. It's quite fa- fantastic. Yes. Um, and a lot of people have quite amazing studios and, you know, really go to a big effort to show and explain and... Yes, of course. Various and things to look at. So it's, um, it's really, it's really, um, very interesting for a lot of people to see behind the facade, you know, to see behind the, the gallery facade mm. to how it, it, the whole, the simple creation process. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, de- it demystifies it for some exactly. in many ways. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So, um, uh, how, how long have you been doing it, Jennifer? Uh, for me, you mean as an artist? No, I mean at the studio trail. Oh, in the studio trail. I've been involved for three years. Mm-hmm. Mm. And are they, is it open to other artists? Is, uh, you know, are you always on the lookout for new artists? Do you want to have uh, people come join? I mean, does it... Is, yes, yes. We, um, we're open for other artists to join, but there, there is a strict criteria mm-hmm. you know, that they have to be 
real artists. You know, mm-hmm. they've got to have a studio. They've got to be committed. Yep. Their work has to be approved of. Yep. Um, and do you have meet? Do you meet throughout throughout the year? Yes, we do. Yes. Yeah. In what kind of format? Well, just this year passed. We're now at the end of it. We managed to become incorporated as an association. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty big step for us. Um, and uh, we're hoping now to build on that, mm-hmm. you know, where we we will get hopefully grants and more better sponsorship. And well, we now, that, like you're, to now build, that you're an entity, yes, that, that now we're an entity, and yeah. uh, and we would like to build a brand, a recognisable brand for the Peninsula Studio Trail that can be seen and recognised right across the peninsula. When people are travelling around, they'll say, oh, I've seen one of those, you know. Mm. So that's that's our next next step. We're aiming for teardrop banners. When you say the artists have to be real artists, does that mean they can't be an algorithm? (laughs) Well, there was an algorithm work of art sold recently. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. (laughs) Yes, have you heard about that? Artificial artificial intelligence has created a work of art. Yes, I actually saw one just recently and I thought it was horrendous. Really? Yes, Uh. I did. I, I was, I was She's on the other camp then. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I, I've only seen one. Yeah, you know, well, and and the one it, I saw was I, w- I wouldn't have picked it as being painted by a It didn't AI. lack sincerity? No, it didn't. It was actually quite complex and layered and a bit mysterious. And mm. I thought, oh, I quite like that. And then I read the, the blurb underneath and realised it was, uh, mm. that was a bit scary. I thought, no, we'll all be obsolete. Well, that, that, it's, it's, it's something we discuss quite regularly on the program. I think I should probably point out we, in fact, are all obsolete already. You know, yes. Oh, well, we're that's fight, right. We're, we're fighting the rearguard action for the, you know, the hand and mind creation. Yeah. The Peninsula Studio Trail, it's open on the weekends of the 17th, 18th. Is that correct? 17th, 18th and the 24th, 25th of November. That's right. Go to the website at peninsulastudiotrail.com. Org. Org. Facebook as well. And Facebook. Facebook and Instagram. And, and uh, download a map off the website. Fabulous. Well, download a map and you can, you can find plan, out how your, many, plan your visits and how many artists there are actually doing wonderful things on the Mornington Peninsula. Thank you both very much for coming in today. As I said, I'll do a link on our Facebook page as well. And uh, enjoy the weekends. Yeah, thank you Sounds very much. like a thank lot of fun. Thank you very much. You've just been listening to the latest single by local musician, singer-songwriter Maxon called History. Since launching three years ago, local singer-songwriter Maxon has made a real name for herself. She released her debut album, New World, in 2016, and last year her vulnerable, soaring ballad, No Impersonator, was an attempt to raise awareness to help those who suffer from anxieties. Right now, she's gearing up to release her brand new single, History, which you've just been listening to, um, which is an undeniably powerful rock piece. Her manager, Emily Hancorn of MHMM Management, is going to talk to us. She's on the line with us this morning. Good morning, Emily. Morning. How are you going? Very good. Thank you. Thanks for talking to us today. No worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, Emily, Maxon seems to be doing going from strength to strength. I keep hearing her name around the place and listening to that ballad. She's got a lot of confidence in that voice, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's yes, she's been doing very well, so we're pretty proud of the new single. Um, yes, yeah, so thanks for playing it, and yeah, we're pretty excited. Well, we're very excited because she's a local girl. She's from Rye, I believe, isn't she, on the Mornington Peninsula? Yeah, yeah. So uh, grew up in Rye and still currently living in Rye. So oh, yeah, is nice she local? 
Yeah, yeah. I keep yeah. seeing her name at different places in the city. She's yeah. obviously getting quite a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. So lots of gigs up in the city, which has been nice to get up there and sort of move into a new new crowd and yeah. Yeah, new bigger it's crowd. Good. So history. What's history about? Um, so history, a brief summary. It's about sort of going through a hard point. Um, in Maxim's life and then sort of taking the first step and going through the process of moving through it and moving forward. Uh, it's it, it's a great song. Uh, what? Where did you record it? Um, so we recorded at Black Pearl Studios, mm-hmm. um, so another local Melbourne place. Yep. Um, yeah, then it was mastered by Studios 301. She is, um, it's about to launch. I believe it's going to be launched on November the 9th. Is that somewhere yeah. that we, where is it going to be launched? Um, so that's, that's, just, that's just the date that the, um, the single's launched. Yep. So then um, we've got a launch show at Paris Cat Jazz Club and that's going to be on the 22nd of November. Oh, okay. Um, Will you send yeah, me so, some info on that and I will, I'll make sure that we put that up on our Facebook page as well. Yeah, no worries. And, and the thing that I wanted to ask you is I know that, um, in the pre-launch, it's really important for, uh, for you or for Maxon to get reviews of the work. Is that right? Yeah, so it is pretty important. Um, so yeah, what we're asking people to do at the moment is just head over to the Triple J Unearthed page. Mm-hmm. Um, and give the song a play and, and write a review, uh, just a short, uh, you can just do a short sort of like out of love it. review and then write a little comment. Yep. Um, yeah, so the link for that, um, for everyone to head over to, so it's triplejunner.com forward slash artist forward slash maxim. Beautiful. Well, I, I will put a link for that on our Facebook page to make that easy for our listeners. Because, of yep. course, uh, reviews like that encourage the DJs to play them on the program, which then in turn helps with the success of the album. And she's doing incredible things and she's quite a performer. Uh, we'd really like to get behind her. So thanks so yeah, much for talking to much. us today. Um, no worries. We will we'll stick it on the radio ourselves a couple of times. But uh, for all of you out there who've just heard that, and if you like, it. Follow Emily's advice and go along to the uh, Triple J Unearthed website and, and make your comments. Thanks so much for talking to us today, Emily Hancorn. No worries. Thank you very much. Send our big good luck and congratulations to Max on, please. I will. Thank you. All right. See you later. All right. Bye. bye. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Did you two like that song? I did. Yeah. I like the, uh, I like the big voice. Very good voice, yeah. She's got an very, incredible... Uh, she has, and it's big and powerful, isn't mm. it? Let's just hope she can keep it going. Yeah. How old do you think Maxon is? I think she's in her early 20s. Really? It's a, it's a big sound for a, a young woman. It absolutely is, and she's a, she's a slight young thing. She's rather gorgeous, mm. uh, young, and and she plays the piano herself. She uh, Yeah, she's something to watch, I think, for mm. all of you locals out there. It's always wonderful to have somebody that you're really proud of who Seem, comes from yeah. here. It seems like there's a lot of talent in Ray. Huh? Uh, well, there's Cliff, of course, yeah. and there's John, of course. Yeah. That's about yeah. it. That's it, is it? Okay. <laughs> I don't right. think so. And now it's time for John, John on. on.
Did you accidentally hit that button, Sally? No, I intentionally had to hit that button. Oh, okay. Yeah. It just came out of the blue while you I were know. looking out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to surprise you. Um, I made a large steel object uh, for the lovely Andy in mm-hmm. Sorrento, and um, the process was... Essentially, I made a thing out of cardboard. This is utterly different to your own process. No, I'm no, John, sure, but you're not the only one. Many no. have done the same. Yeah. I made an th- object out of cardboard, and I took it to a uh, steelworks, and they made a small version of it for me out of steel. And uh, Which is where? Andy's got it. That's called a maquette, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And I took that to Andy, and he loved it, and he said, why don't we make a big one? And stick it in my garden. And I said, well, how big? And he said, oh, what about, you know, four or four and a half metres or something over there in the corner? And I said, okay, we can do that. Took it back to the steelworks and uh, they loved the idea of making the big version. Mm -hmm. Uh, The steelworks is otherwise a place that was making door hinges and stuff like that. So the workers were just working on machinery. Although they did have the, like, you know, the nude chicks on the wall and the fast cars in the car park, the beer in the fridge, all that sort of stuff you expect from a factory. Mm. Uh, but given the opportunity to make something that was out of the ordinary, um, they were delighted. Yeah. And I loved it too. The, like this, I love the smell of welding and uh, just being around steel when it's being fabricated and that sort of bashing and crashing sound and the burning sound of molten metal. Well, especially after creating something in cardboard and seeing it made into into sort of... Something large. Something large and, and timeless. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I bet. Once completed, and there it was, and it was pretty big. It was enormous. And I know it. Yeah. And I thought, well, I've got to get that from here, which was in Brayside to Andy's place in Sorrento. And uh, I contacted uh, your husband, Will. Mm. Had you not thought about this before? Pardon? Had you not thought about this before? No, not really. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is the last thing on your mind, I would have thought, (laughs) transportation. No, not not when you're used to moving sculpture. But anyway. So uh, Will said, yeah, I'll give you a hand with that. So we went and rented a trailer. A double trailer. Yeah, and put it behind Will's four-wheel drive and went up to Brayside. By the time we got there, it was blowing about 40 knots from the north and uh, we parked outside the front of the factory and the guys came out of the factory and pretty well laughed at us. And Did they? Oh, yeah. Of course. Said, We're not putting that on. You know, you, you can't put that on that trailer. That is stupid. Right. And Will has had some experience of being stupid with things on the back of trailers, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> I feel so, like interrupting here, but I'll, I'll keep my piece going. Um, so rather than just give up, yeah. um, everyone kicked into gear and they figured out that at four and a half metres, if it's stuck, if it's stuck on a tray truck or a uh, semi-trailer, then it was going to be too high for some of the cabling on the roads between Brayside and Mordialic. Oh, yeah. Which would put it up around the seven and a half metre mark or something, you know, because the tray is high. Yeah. Um, And they couldn't lay it on its side because then it would be uh, so wide that you would need... Two, um, two lanes of you know, traffic. Wide load mm. signage and flags and escort cars. A concept, I have to say, that Will was very interested in. Yeah, he, he likes flags and whistles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I thought we'd been stumped, you know. Uh, but then suddenly there were a couple of phone calls made and the low loader arrived. <gasps> and uh, the low loader being a very a trade that's very low down to the road so that the whole int- the load itself wasn't all that high up in the air. And uh, it was accompanied by a thing called a frimmel crane, yes, which was a mobile crane which loaded the thing onto the low loader and um, the two of them departed for Sorrento with us in pursuit. And I have to say, I've pretty well never been happier in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Boys and toys. It was fantastic. Mm. And uh, we did you make a video, John? We made a look. No, but we <laughs> we disturbed a lot of traffic, and you know mm. we had a great time and, and felt very important at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of people looking at what yeah. we were up to. Uh, we got to Sorrento, and uh, the Frimmel Crane got this thing up in the air. And still blowing from the north pretty strongly. And uh, we had ropes tied to the corners of the base of it. And uh, Will, who's not a small fella, mm. he's a big fella, uh, he was pretty well getting jerked around like a rag doll on the end of one of these ropes. And um, But with sort of perseverance, uh, we managed to get it down onto the plinth that Alan Pittman had put together, which had four bolts sticking out of it, and there were four holes in the bottom of this thing. And uh, just, I think, partly sheer luck, they lowered it down and it just went clung onto the bolts and we bolted her down. And it was fabulous. It was great to have her there. And uh, as you say, it's still there now. Mm. Um, And it was a great day out. I'd love to do that every day. Well, John, (coughs) next time you get a commission like that, Make sure you put into the into the contract transport paid for by the buyer, by the buyer, yeah. and they organise it. It's not something you should have to do. But well, I guess Andy did in fact pay for it, right? But we organised organise it. it. Okay, yeah. right. How much did it cost him? Do you know? Oh, a lot. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. The transport it can it, it seems it probably cost him maybe a thousand, maybe. Uh, look, for memory, uh, I, I, I'm going to say quite a lot more than that. Well, yeah? Yeah. It was a lot. Okay. Yeah, but that's part of the thing. You, you yeah, pay yeah. for the transport, it's done. There's no, no, no fatalities and no, you know, no tragedies. And no, we didn't rip any electric cables no. down. No one was or electric. Or break the And it's a lovely piece. It really is. It it's is. a very it's successful a, it's piece. It's a fabulous piece. I don't suppose you've got more. a photograph of it. We could stick up on the uh, website. Might be able to them. dig one up. Yeah, if you do, send it to me. I'll stick it on the Facebook page so people know what we're talking about. That's it? I love the way uh, that my little sort of uh, opportunity to have a chat on the radio st- always starts with Swanee's echoing, John on, and finishes with Mark, is that it? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a bit of a come down, isn't it? <laughs> no, but I'm fascinated by your stories of moving sculptures. <laughs> your turn now. Well, what do you got? Mate? Well, I could fascinate you with the story of moving <laughs> sculptures. Or I've got a, quite a few there, but yeah, um, sure. yeah. I just remember when I got a commission for a, um, a four-meter granite, green granite from um, upstate Connecticut. Ooh, malachite. Is it malachite granite? Or it looks it? even deeper. It's like a serpentine granite, mm, a really magnificent stone. Mm. And I was selling it to the um, rousing heritor, Hans Rousing, who later had uh, problems with his... Um, unlawful burial of his wife. Uh, he kept, uh, um, unlawful burial of what? one's wife. 
Yeah. What did Terrific. he just buried her in the wrong place? Did no, you, no, did he didn't bury her. her. She died of a heroin overdose, and he kept her in the Cadigan Gardens. They had two Cadigan Garden houses put together, um, multi-billionaires, and she died of a heroin overdose, and he kept her in their bedroom for six weeks. Oh. And then was caught um, by the police driving erratically looking for drugs and they brought him home and found his wife's body wrapped in um, body bags. And so he was sort of confused. He was a little fucked up. Was that, going, was that going on while you were delivering the no, green this was, marble? No, this was after, <laughs> John. This was after. No, I had met him when he was straight and, and he, I'd done a drawing of a, like a sculpture on a piece of paper and I, I, he said, so, yeah, not bad. How much do you want? And I said, oh, 60,000 pounds. And he goes, it's a lot of money for a drawing. I said, yeah, but wait till you see it in, in four meter green granite. Right. And he, Gave me a, you know, in, in these situations, you always get 20, uh, you get a third before, a third halfway through, right. and the last third at mm-hmm. the end. And he paid the transport. But I went to upstate New York with an American friend, Mark Menon, who you knew in yeah. Paris. And we went into the quarry, and there was the stone sitting there waiting for me, a four meter monolith, which was perfectly sort of cantilevered up. And I just got them to put a hole in it, and I signed it. <laughs> that was one of those sculptures that took Two days and wow. I ended up getting sixty thousand pounds for him. It's still Mark up in Menon, Barbados. Mark Menon, by the way, Sally is a uh, an American um, that Mark and I knew in France, mm-hmm. and uh, I initially met in Canada. Tall, strong, kind of American guy, and uh, I helped him move some stuff around in his studio one afternoon. He slipped the t-shirt off, and there on the small of his back, a little tattoo, a scroll written in it, "Made in Fifth Avenue." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, his mother lived in 888 um, Park Avenue, right. and his father was um, a, a famous um, composer. And he started no, the Juilliard that, School. Yeah. Uh, Peter Menon, whose music no one's ever heard of, but mm. uh, he, he composed some beautiful pieces. And his mother was a strikingly beautiful woman who had an apartment which was completely uh, furnished in 60s. Um, fur, um, drapes and fur, really classic wow. leopard skin, and, and oh. nothing had been touched. Just hopefully, it was, uh, it's probably gone now, but um, it was just magnificent. Mm. He was a lovely man, Mark. He's he still was. going. Anyway, just to finish, that was that sculpture took three days, but then I, I made a marble chess set in black and, and white marble. That took me three years to make. Right. Got 40,000 pounds for it, but it took a long time. Mm. Mm. Those were the days. So, the new NGA um, curator, the top man, is um, what do you call the, the um, head, the director, uh, the, the director, director, Mr. Nick Mitsevich, mm-hmm. um, has hit the ground running. It seems he is forty-eight, doesn't drink or smoke, yeah. and runs fast. He has already acquired for the gallery foyer a four-meter red wax sculpture of Italian art curator Francesco Bonami, made by Swiss artist. Right. So it's wax. It's wax. How stable is it? Well, this is it. Bonamy is looking at his phone, and inside the sculpture there is a candle burning, so that in six months' time the creator will be a pile of pink grey sludge. Oh. So it's ephemera, essentially. It's ephemera, and it's to watch it. This is one of his, and he's putting it in the foyer. So, but it looks interesting. It's a lovely. I mean, it's a very interesting piece. It's red, and he's cut. He's um, dressed. In, clo- in, in normal clothes. How big and did you say it was? Four meters. Four well, meters. It, he's standing on a fridge, so I think he's two meters and the fridge ah. is about a meter and a half. Ah. So uh, you'll see that when you go there. You'd have to move that on a low loader. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> this could be a theme, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and Lindsay. Huh? Um, so he it looks very good. I like the sculpture. So it, and he seems like a very a lovely man, this Nick um, Mitsovich. He's also bringing a pre-Raphaelite show, Millet and company, beautiful paintings, many red-haired women in white robes, looking, trying to look poetic or despondent, probably just plain bored, mm-hmm. having to pose for some bloody... Um, Pre, precious pre, pre-Raphaelite yeah, artist. Which pre-Raphaelite artist? Well, there's Millet, there's um, Dante Rossetti, there's yeah. um, they, you know they they did some great paintings. The ones I particularly despise are the Rossettis. The mm. Rossettis are yeah. Look, it's mm. a. They've it's just been, you know what they've just been so uh, reproduced. I think that they're just tiresome now. Right. Well, they've been it's printed mostly where they belong. And the idea of going, tins. you know, that they're <laughs> playing cards <laughs> to go back. You know, in the 19th century, you go back to before Raphael, you know, to paint. It's, um, it's perhaps not such a good idea. Anyway, they had their success, and there's a mm. show coming up uh-huh. at Gamber. Um, he's also doing a show of Monet from the Musée Marmottan, okay. uh, opposite the Jardin de Ranelag in right. near Edouard Fournier, where we used to congregate. Yep. Yep. Um, he's uh, bringing the sunrise, the impression, the first impressionist painting, so to speak, is coming with the show is built around that painting. But you know the one where it's the black, the silhouette of a, a man who's standing in a boat and there's um, it's all sort of mm. greens and pinks. and. So that kind of curatorial work comes down really to the curator's um, contacts. Absolutely. Mm. <clears throat> and he has some very good ones, it seems. And he does a lot of traveling. He's never, he's always running around. Um, so that's in the second half of the year. Then there's a printmaker, Kenneth Tyler, who I've never heard of, doing yeah. a show of, and Melbourne artist, uh, interactive show by Melbourne artist Sally Smart. Yep. Do you know Sally Smart? Yep. Yeah, one of her paintings was in the, or one of her collages was in yeah. the uh, Artists for Kids culture, wasn't it? And okay. Much of her work is collage, uh, often in felt and fabric. Okay. And uh, she's terrific. Oh, good. I Interactive show, though. So that well, right, well, she's capable of all sorts of things, I'm sure. Uh, good. Well, I'm glad to hear. I like a girl who's capable of all sorts of things. Mm. Um, dedicated. There's another show dedicated to Hugh Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Hugh de- Ramsey's painted uh, Australia's best horse yeah. ever. Yeah. Oh, Winks. You, you did he paint? About him one day, didn't I did. You? Did yeah. he paint Winks? No. No. Okay. No, he painted a young gentleman leaning on a horse, uh, and the horses. Life size mm. and has true gravitas. Right. Yeah. Good. But like he, like a George Stubbs but he, horse. But he's not Better. contemporary, is he? No. 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 He he died. Um, he was killed during the war. Wasn't yeah. Twenty eight. Yeah. Died yeah. at twenty eight. Yeah. So they cut that. But they're going to do. A, they bring. He's bringing forward the show, which was initially for two, mm-hmm. 2019, I mean twenty twenty, and he's brought it forward. I'd, I'd be very interested to see that. Then there's the, the um, Matisse Picasso. Show probing the rivalry between the two. Wow, he's really it, busy. He is busy, except for Picasso, there was no rivalry. No, Picasso wasn't interested, was he? In rivalry, no. He just no. thought he was the best. Mm. <laughs> There's uh, no rivalry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, Tim Fairfax, who is a friend of Nick apparently, and not short of a bob, has donated two million dollars for the creation of a children's gallery. Mm-hmm. Filled with his artist's wife's work, no joking, which will be built next to a new creative learning centre. So, what is chil- uh, children's art gallery? Okay, John, mm. I won't 
you uh, look. It, I, I, it's probably interactive. It'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, it'll they be good. have, they have a big section in the NGV here, which is often with their temporary exhibitions. There is a space that's dedicated to children, and, and, yeah, and it is yes, much they more do that. The NGV downstairs. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I go past it because it's just. Impossible. I used to collect children's paintings, particularly those paintings made at kindergartens on butcher's paper. Yeah. With coloured water. Mm -hmm. you know. Yes, I have, a, I have my daughter's collection. Because you <laughs> yeah. know at seven years old, a child loses 40% of its visual cortex because right. they learn to read and write. Right. And so they, you, you look at a child's painting before they're seven and they're, they're extraordinarily free and, and quite beautiful. After seven, either they stop completely or they just you know, they go into more well, figurative other stuff. Things be, plus they're being taught at school. They also be, sort of get involved in things like being judged on their artwork. That's very true. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're much more aware of it. Whereas yeah. before they're just doing it by themselves. Yeah. It's a, it, very interesting to see, though, how they Psychologically, how that change. that's a very interesting kind of process, isn't it? Well, the, you learn to read to write, you lose your visual mm. aspect. So this is why for people who are um, the oral tradition, it's, uh, you, they're, 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 the way they can visualise things in their imagination is perhaps very well, powerful. Well, that's, that's quite interesting, too, because even at, you know, as a mother, watching my children grow up from babies, you would see them going through various developmental things, and, and they would start to walk, and then they would stop being able to do that while they, if, if they start to learn to talk mm. so it was this really linear um, developmental thing that certain thing it was yes. yeah well talking is pretty complicated absolutely mm. absolutely it is and, and mm. I think that you can determine that and see that that is the mm. case just through that very simple observation and what and what is the first word a child learns dada no what? no <laughs> No, that's not true. Mine they, was. was it? No. Don't touch I thought, that. I thought, that's it. Make, you're, you're making up your own mind already. You're only three months old, you little bugger. Every now and then, <laughs> every now and then, Mark, a seven-year-old uh, will be given a huge canvas to apply paint to. Yes. And uh, presented to the world as a prodigy. Yes. When, in fact, they're all prodigies, really. Yeah. Yeah. But only possible. before they're seven. It's like these 12-year-old girls who are paint, doing paintings in America. I mean, there's a few couple of places. There's a Russian girl as well. Right. You know, it's just the father's pump, you know, getting, getting the cash anyway. So um, is that it, or we've got time for more? Oh, no. Uh, no I it. went to the opera on Saturday night to see Rossini's Othello. Oh, yes. Which was at the Athenaeum. Um, which I haven't been to for a very long time. What a beautiful little intimate theatre it is. Yeah. Oh, the Athenaeum. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just lovely. Yeah. Built in 1839, yeah. obviously not like it was, is now, but what a, what a spot. And you can really feel the history there, mm. which you don't feel that often. I haven't spent a lot of time in there. No, mm. no, it's very. I, I have, and I have backstage too. And the and the oh, okay, because the opera was um, the, it was it's a very small theatre, tiny, tiny theater. and they had a lot of people yeah. there. And what for me, the problem with Italian opera is if they translate it into English, you just realise how tediously boring the lyrics <laughs> are. That there's just you know they're repeating. Yeah. They do this like these pop songs where they're repeating the same words over and over mm -hmm. and sort of going up and down in in octaves, but. Really, just ter ter tedious lyrics. Not from Shakespeare. It was written by an Italian, some Italian guy. Singing was magnificent. The costume was magnificent. But when you think that three quarters of the budget in Australia goes to the opera mm. in the arts, uh, it's a yes. You're right. You know, the scenery is beautiful. The costumes are beautiful. The voices are beautiful, and the sentiments are banal. Uh, banal. There's <laughs> yeah. absolutely no plot and no, no yeah. anything. Which is why Wagner is you know, more popular in many ways because there is, does the sentiments are so sort of grandiose. Yeah. But they're just as banal in many ways. Mm -hmm. But this, I, but you know, the Italian opera—it's mostly just love and 
and you know, that's yeah. about it. Which is why Carmen was so successful because it was about a, a about an ordinary people in the streets and yeah. Lots of dancing. Hey. Every time I hear Wagner, I feel like invading Poland. <laughs> <laughs> Woody Allen. You're not, you should about, be careful. Woody Allen's not so quotable these no, days. No, he isn't, absolutely. <laughs> what about um, Christie's first piece of oh, AI yes, art? Oh, yes, yes. alluded to it briefly 430,000 they got for it. Absolutely Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, have you seen I've it? Seen it, seen it, yes. Seen I haven't seen it. No, it I haven't seen like, the image. It looks like... Um, it's figurative it, or abstract? Uh, no, 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 it's a portrait. That's oh, a portrait. Okay. It's a portrait and it looks like it's a man in a dark coat and it sort of looks like looking through, looking at an image through a wet window or something yeah, like that. Yes, sort of pixelated. Yes, it looks like it's a, it's a photograph that's gone through a program. You so know, you can do it on Photoshop. Does it relate or, to an era of painting? Uh, yeah, to me it looks like it's a sort of an 18th century right. European portrait. Slightly out of focus. Yeah, very out of focus actually. Because my understanding is that they, uh, the people who've written the intelligence, the artificial intelligence to, that can make the painting, are in fact making portraits of the entire family. So they're going to make a painting of his wife mm -hmm. and their children. So uh. and the, the intelligence knows that the that the combination of the father and the mother the will genes. produce children that look in a particular way. Oh, you know, my goodness, character. isn't that extraordinary? No, it's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Look, it, it'll be inter interesting to see. It's like that famous, um, I forget his name, a New York painter who was uh, does huge abstract printouts on a machine. He's got a massive printer, and he just feeds in a piece of canvas or paper, right. and, and it's prints out. But what he puts into the print, into the coding, is an error. Right. So that when it's not just doing straight lines, there's one part where it says, right. you know, so that, that, and that is what gives it value, apparently. Well, so the, it's the it's error humanity. in the error it's in the art mistakes. Is always what gives Ab it value. Absolutely. So right. we can, see, you know, if they can, if they can code in that they make mistakes, yeah. it'd be interesting to see if they can. I'm do not that. sure. Can you code or in a mistake? Or double negative? Double negative. It's coded in. Is it a mistake? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. It, that's right. So it was a, it was a, uh, a trio of uh, 25-year-old French students. They had that. They've called themselves obvious and their goal is to explain and democratize AI through art. And but they, didn't they steal the Yeah, they pinched some of No, the, they didn't pinch it. It was mm. the guy put it up on online for free. Right. And right. they used his and they did they didn't they didn't acknowledge it though. They didn't acknowledge it at the time, but they did acknowledge it afterwards. Right. But I mean okay. it was up for free. So right. Right. why not? Me. Well, good. I might uh, see if I can uh, acquire some of that algorithm for myself. I won't have to paint anymore. No, absolutely. Just get my... Coded in. Get my Bosch painting maker to do it. It's time for the news. Oh. Artists of the Peninsula Studio Trail have their open studio weekends coming up on the 3rd and 4th weekends of November. Uh, that's the 17th, 18th and the 24th, 25th. We will, uh, I'll, I'll put a link on our Facebook page so you can find their website, but that's the way to kind of have a look at the map and see what's going on and who you'd like to go and have a look at. McCulloch and McCulloch have a spring art sale and their art parade uh, happening. It's actually this afternoon on Sunday, so if you are in the area on the peninsula and uh, you know about McCulloch and McCulloch in Tux Road, you uh, could probably go along and have a look at it. I think it's at 2.30. It is at 2.30. Yeah. Southern Boy have got their uh, LG Park label competition going on. You can look that up on the oh, really? Southern Boy um, website. Yeah, $2,000 for a label for one of the LG Park wines. Ah, oh, that's, a, that's a good project. Hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Are you going in? You bet. Yeah, good.
Um, you can go and write a review for Maxon's uh, new single, History. We I played it a little bit earlier on today. If you go to the Triple J Unearthed website um, and search her, you will hear the new single. And uh, if you want to help her get that on air, then you can write a review for it. Uh, Okay. There's a new artistic director for the Peninsula Summer Music Festival this year. It's Ben Opie. The new program's been announced and uh, there's lots of new fabulous venues, including the Peninsula Hot Strings, Whistlewood Gallery, and also the Coombe Yarra Valley Winery and Coldstream. Gee, that's a long way away. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's lots of things now. Okay.